Talking Buds podcast. We're back. I'm Rob. He's Ryan. In the midst of watching the Leafs wrap up their third uh, preseason game here against the Montreal Canadiens, um, a game that has seen both Jordy Ben and Carl Dahlstrom leave the game with injuries, thus Alex Kerfoot and Callie Yarncroft have been taking shifts playing defense. Um, Nick Robertson has a goal. Um, the savior, Denis Malgin, has a goal. He's a legend. He's a le- he's 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 preseason legend. He's back with a vengeance. I'm seeing guys already on Twitter who are projecting him as the the left winger to start the season yeah, the, the second line left winger yeah although you know with the injuries it's this whole thing has been thrown into like flux so the injury bug has bitten the leafs badly through this first week of camp you know we talked about um timothy lilligren last week um since then you know somebody left the front door open and the wind blew in and jake muzzin got hurt um <laughs> I told I'm you. Kidding, I'm kidding. Last week, kidding. I, I literally I'm just said, kidding, Jake. Last week, I said that it's only a matter of time before Jake Muzzin gets hurt. Yep. And that's He's quote unquote on here. straight up facts. And look what happened. The yep. guy's already hurt. Yes. Already. already hurt. He returned to practice today, though. That's a good sign. Nice. And then, and then the big one was. So last week, we hear this, all this stuff when camp opens about. Well, John, John Tavares is healthy. Like, this is, he had a, this this is the first offseason he's had in a while where he's coming in fully healthy. And boom, oblique injury. He's going to miss a minimum of three weeks, which means he's going to miss the start of the season, probably more. Um, It's not good. No, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not the sky is falling, but it's not good for a guy of his like his game in general like he he doesn't have a skating game what he struggles with the most is keeping up with the pace of play and now you have a step back and for 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 Mitch Marner missing that I wouldn't be as worried I mean it would hurt them as a team not having him in the lineup but it's it's worth... you have more confidence in Marner's ability to yeah, come back yeah but with John and, yes. Tavares like he he already is kind of half a step behind top players in the league he's not he's no schlub like let's just get that straight right here the guy's still a very effective hockey player but for what you're expecting from him compared to other top players in the league, he is a half step behind. So now being out a minimum three weeks, that's that's not good for him. I had sort of a, um, I had an interesting existential moment when I got the news that Tavares was out for three weeks. And I, I found myself frustrated. I was like kind of, I was kind of pissed to get that news. And then I kind of sat back and I was like, why am I pissed? Like, what is, what is it that's causing this reaction inside of me? And it, it's just, when you sit and you think about John Tavares as, as a player, it's, you know, on paper, it's there. Like, like he was a point-of-game player last year. And he's the captain of the team. And we've talked ad nauseum about, like, how we all felt when he came first guy to come home after years of speculating who's going to come home and whatever. But it's just like, I just, I I found myself being like, really John, like really like we're starting the season like this. 
And I just think it's like, you know, I, and then I pull up Cap Friendly, which I have here. And it's just, it's, you look at John Tavares making that $11 million. And I just think to myself, like, we keep thinking, like, who's going to be their second line winger? Like, all the injuries, the, the injury bug that they've been bitten by, it really shows their, like, lack of depth. And I think to myself, like, think of all the stuff they could do with that $11 million. And then I feel bad about having those thoughts about John Tavares. I think we're, I think I'm over that. I think I'm over feeling bad about having any thoughts about John Tavares because day one of this podcast, this conversation has been like almost a regular occurrence. Like it's just the cap hit. It's, it's everything he does. Like you can make all the arguments in the world. That he's a very effective second line center and he still puts up his points or whatever, but like we watch the games, we watch every game and a lot, we're not the only ones with this opinion that, there's something just he needs to bring more for the role that he's supposed to play for this team. And he just doesn't. For me, yeah, for the role, yes. But for the money. like Yeah, that's what I mean. You can, that, you, yeah, it's like you can argue. No, he's a great player. He's still he, a good player. It's just he's not an $11 million player. What I heard today was people criticizing the Leafs center depth when a guy like Tavares gets injured. And, and they're like, well, it really shows you how important Tavares is. So, like, you'd have to, like, rethink about trading someone like him or like Alex Kerfoot because it's like, oh, what if they go out? Then you're really screwed. And it's like, well, to that point, it's if they did trade him, then they would have two players for the price of one filling in those spots. It's, it really should, to me, the injury shows kind of what I just said. It's just their center depth and some of their depth and their forward group is not there. It's, it's not, not good. good. No. And, and they've been a quote unquote cup, cup contender for a couple of years. And with that, is trades at the deadline or in the off season where you're unloading first round picks. And I get it. You got, you got to take a chance. You got to go for it. And, and honestly, it rarely works in hockey, but you see it in all sports. Like some team will unload the farm to go get a big player or a player. They think that's going to make a difference. And unfortunately for this group, it hasn't worked out at all. Like it, it, it's been bad. And so what I see with this injury, it's, it's, it's not so much about Kyle should have done this cut. Should have done this in the offseason. Should have got this guy. Should have filled this role. It's it's really shown me the lack of organizational draft development. Like they just they have no players at all. They haven't drafted anybody over the past couple seasons that are are they ready to come up and make a difference here. Like it, we're we're taking our chance signing guys that we've never heard of before, and some of them have worked out, like Michael Bunting and David Camp, and last year Andre Kasha. But it's just it really shows to me that they they've really done nothing in terms of like creating talent in this organization. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at the preseason games and like Nick Robertson scores a goal tonight. They've got Aberzizi who I guess they hope makes a step this year. They've got some other guys. They've got like Alex Steves and like, but you're right. There's no, listen, I don't want to be completely negative. Like on paper, this opening night lineup like, sorry, on paper, I think they're they're one of the best teams in their division, and I think they have a chance to win their division when they're fully healthy. Yeah. When they're fully healthy and when you're not having um, stupid contract negotiations or lack thereof beef with Rasmus Sandin. But when I look at, and this is why I was, uh, this is what I was getting at earlier when I said the opening night lineup, with Tavares out, and you're looking at an opening night second line of 
Alex Kerfoot, centering William Nylander and Dennis Malgin. Boy, oh boy, <laughs> is that a big boy line. And like, does that, that doesn't exactly inspire confidence. Those three guys, that that's that's a line to be afraid of physically. Yeah, like that physically, they will run you over. That doesn't exactly inspire confidence. No, so, dude, that that line is as that might be the smallest line in the NHL. Yes. And that's your that's that's gonna be like on paper. Uh, like, correct me in the comments below if I'm wrong. I'm sure someone will and call me an idiot. But, like, on paper, that's your opening night second line. Yeah, it's not good. It, it's not good. But it it only takes one guy who maybe hasn't played here before or someone with limited experience to step up and have a year like Mike Bunting had last year. I don't think, like, we know what Alex Kerfoot is. We've watched him enough. But... Denny Malgin was a joke. When, when, when did that trade go down? Two years ago? Yes. Like that and was the a guy. The guy that was a joke. The guy they traded away would be the perfect guy to put on the left wing. Exactly. Far as and, and, and it's like that. That was a joke. But he he went away. He came back. I, I don't. My hopes aren't high. But it takes a player like him to come in and have not like a great year, but to play above expectation to take the pressure off of some other dudes and some other decisions or even just any of these new dudes they have the Cali yarn crock. Like I, 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 you know, he's got a reputation, but if he, if he just can take the pressure off this organization by playing above expectation like that, that that's what this team needs this season. Yeah. Like that, that's what they need. Especially when you're, when you're looking at a third line or a, an opening night, second line, like you just spoke of like that, that line on paper is makes is, me want to just start. Change Nick, the channel every single time they're on the ice. There's Nick Abrazizi banging in a goal right there. So, like, if you can get... Like, oh, I'm, all these guys look like the absolute <laughs> best versions of themselves in all these preseason games. It's kind of hilarious. It is. It is pretty hilarious. Yeah. So you're commenting on the size of my projected opening oh. night second line. Um Wow. Yesterday in um, practice camp, whatever, it was all over Twitter that Sheldon Keefe blew the play dead in the middle of a drill, lost his mind, and said, quote, we need to be more physical. We need to be more effing physical. Really? So, yes. Wow. Yes. Finally. Yes. So I think, you know, it's, it's been a criticism of this team throughout the Kyle Dubas era that they do, they're they not very difficult to play against. And it's been a criticism of this team even before that. Yes. Like, yes. When's, name me the last Leaf team that was difficult to play against. I can't remember. Like, yeah, they, they always had a couple of guys who could drop the middies on the fourth line. Like, that, that was pretty cool back in the day. But in terms of an overall team toughness, like, you're going on, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Maybe even more than that. 20 years since the last time this organization had a team that was labeled tough to play against. And the problem is, is people see that quote from Sheldon Keefe and everybody takes it so literally and they're like, well, this is, that's not how they're constructed. They're not constructed. And it's like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that when Sheldon Keefe is spazzing at practice and losing his mind, he's not talking, he's not asking Mitch Marner to go in the corner and drop the mitts. What he's saying is, you're too easy to play against. Put two hands on your stick along the boards and win easy. a battle. Yes, you're too easy to push off the puck. And, like, listen, man, 
Sheldon Keefe, just like we talked about last week with Dubis and Shanny and everyone, he knows like we gotta we gotta win around this year. And if we don't become a just a little bit tougher to play against, that's not happening. Or even just like creating, it's not even about winning the first round. It's just let's let's set the tone for the 2022-2023 regular season that we're we're a different team than we were in the past. It's it's not always about just what they do in game one. It's 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 the whole season. They they build this reputation of playing like that, and by the time the, the the playoffs roll around, we all know what they are, and every team knows what they have to do to beat them. That's why they get beat every single year, no matter who they play. So let's let's. I think what Sheldon Key's trying to say is let's set the tone for the 2022-2023 season that we're not going to get pushed around. Are we going to get in fights with Tom Wilson after the whistle and win them? No, but are we going to go into a corner against? a guy who is just a normal hockey player and actually put two hands on her stick and win a, and win a puck battle more often than not. Like that, that's all he means by that. And also if he's losing his, his mind like that. So that's, that's less than a week into camp. So if he's blowing the play dead and losing his mind like that, that tells me that he's decided in his head, like, this is something that I'm going to be all over you guys about Yeah, from the get-go this year is being tougher and harder to play against. Good. Yeah, good. I completely agree. I don't think you. he's the only NHL coach in the league doing that either. No. There's a lot of coaches out there. Do you think John, do you think Torts is down oh, in you see, Philly? You see some of the pictures out of the first few days of Philly, guys keeled over. On yeah, the yeah. yeah. How, how's their training okay. camp going? Oh, yeah. A little blow of the whistle to tell you to get more effing physical is is probably light work compared yes. to what Torty's doing in, yes. in Philly right now. Yes, yes. Making guys yick all over the ice. <laughs> <laughs> again. It's again. True. Yeah, again. Again. Yeah, again. again. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's, it's, I'm concerned about the injuries. I'm really concerned about the injuries. Um, so this game's about to end. Matt Murray pitches a shutout through two, uh, two periods. I, I mean, I know it's a, it's a preseason game against the Montreal Canadiens. So it's like, no, they, honestly, I, I've watched some, I, I, I've watched bits and pieces of every single preseason game they've played. They look good. They look good in the preseason, which means absolutely nothing. But like, I think they've looked pretty good. But like through this whole conversation that we've had through both these episodes, we've been talking about injuries and what the opening day lineup is, and and maybe like physicality aside, like what I I just I was thinking about it, and it's like what do you think that this team has to do to have a successful season and to have a chance to win in the playoffs? Because I think every single year, it's something different in a way. It always leads back to playing tougher, but. Last year, it's it's they had some good contributions from guys you didn't expect, and that led them to having such a great season. And, and so with new goalies and, and a historic season by the greatest player in franchise history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 what like who who's the guy that that has to step up and and help this team like get over the hump again? You know, other than the top guys, obviously. But like you just look at this, like you have it up right now. It's just like. Look at these look at these names, man. Like I <laughs> I think so here's 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 my opinion. As I said earlier, I think when fully healthy, I think this they have the potential to win their division. Like I I really do think that they they're, they're that good on paper and they have a good team if they can get the goaltending to back them up. What it's going to come down to is is you're right. Like depth scoring, especially in the regular season. Yeah. And I look, I don't know, you look at a guy like 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 a Callie Yarncrock. 
like to, to provide some depth scoring like Dennis the Great the goat of of the Finn the Finnish Hockey League like I I I don't know like but that aside <laughs> the goat of the Finnish Hockey yeah, League like, did he, the, I don't even know did he play the Finnish yeah, League he did. I mean, he was the goat I don't he even know the, I don't know if it's the Finnish League or another league I can't I couldn't remember I was listening to I think it was Mike Johnson on TSN radio the other day and he was just talking about how at the World Cup, Denny Malgan was like lights out. Yeah, like he yeah. was like the, he was the goat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But you know what? Okay. So, but if you want to talk playoffs, playoffs. If you want to talk playoffs, it's coming down to the big boys. Like, yeah, they, it's they, funny. They like get in, it done. In, in the regular season, I think they've got to get depth scoring and contributions up and down the lineup. And your question about who's going to do that yeah, is, like who, is a well-made point. Who's gonna? Who is Mike Bunding going to have the same year as he had last year? I would think so, given the two guys he's playing with. It is who is replacing Ilya Mikheyev? Because even though I don't think Ilya Mikheyev is the greatest hockey player in the world. But he did have a very good season last Callie year. Cali Yarncrock is replacing like, Ilya Is he going to do as good of a job as I think so. He he's did. more of a veteran guy in the league. Yeah. He's looked good. I thought he looked good in, this, in his two games he's played in uh, the preseason. And I know Kasha was hurt all year last year. But when he was in the lineup, he was a pretty damn good player, yes. too. Like yes, he, he, was. he was effective. So yes. it's... But so, I don't know, so, man. So, like I said, I, I want to answer your question. So there's two parts to it. There's the regular season where it's like, yes, they need contributions up and down the lineup. Who's going to do that? And then there's the playoffs where it's like, the big boys, the big boys have to get them over the hump. Yeah. Like Austin Matthews has to be a heart trophy player in the first round. And I understand that the playoffs, the game completely changes and you're going up against really good teams and their best pairing and whatever. But you've got to, you've got to get your team over the hump. My confidence heading into this season in Austin Matthews is on another level. I love everything i've seen from him thus far yeah. in camp i think he has been i love his demeanor he's got a swag about him yeah you, you watched him in the in the preseason game on the weekend he's dominating he's stripping guys from pucks i think his confidence after what he achieved last year is on another level and he this guy's gonna get 50 goals this year just lacing up his skates like he, I, my confidence in what Austin Matthews, if he can stay healthy, yeah, knock stay on wood, healthy, yeah. knock on wood yeah. is through the roof this year. I think he, he has unlocked something yeah. in inside. And it also comes with age and maturity. Like you, like sometimes, you know, like we, we pile myself included, you two, everybody, we pile on them. But you got to remember that like, he was like a 21 year old kid. It's yeah. like he's been in the league a few years. Well, he's, he's now. getting he's getting faster and stronger. Yes. and get better training and and I don't know. Like when you just get older, you get into your kind of prime and you just become one of the best players in the NHL. Like that's just that's just what he's become. And it's just stay healthy. I I look at all their top guys and I've been hard on Nylander, but Nylander's included in this. I know what they're what they are all going to bring in the regular season. They're gonna bring. What they bring, like Marner's going to bring what he brings, probably the most effective all around player in the NHL when he's at his best. Austin Matthews is going to score 50 by lacing him up. And William Nylander hopefully scores 30 to 40 goals and gets 70 to 80 points. Because if that second line, it'd be nice if Willie got 40, so that, that's, this, that's boosting him a little bit, but like well, get, no, his, no. get his 30 a year and, and get his 70 points. No, but listen to bring this conversation full circle. 
if that second line is going to elevate, I think it's going to be William Nylander that's going to do it. Yeah. Like, John Tavares, like, missing, basically missing training camp now. Coming in, and you're right, he's already a guy who isn't fleet of foot. Yeah, it's not good. He's starting behind the eight ball. So if that second line is going to elevate and going to contribute offensively, it's going to be William Nylander that has to do that. Yeah, I just, I I, I worry about him because it's, it's, you've seen guys play for a couple of years and you know what they are. Like, I know what Morgan Riley is. I know what Morgan Riley's going to bring me. I know what Jake Muzzin's going to bring me. I know what Alex Kerfoot's going to bring me. I know what Austin Matthews is going to bring me. Marner. But Nylander, it's, He's still kind of on that like bubble of he just lives his whole it seems like his whole career is just built on like potential and everybody just still holds on to it in a way he's, that he's unlocked it a few times. Like he's he's looked pretty good. But man, he's a, he's such a good hockey player, man. Yeah, like he, he he's so talented and he, is. he drives me absolutely insane because he just turns into sleepy Nylander, but it's like that potential is still there for him to just, I think he can like dominate hockey games. I think he's that good. He could skate that good. He could pass that good. He could score. And it's just, I don't know. Like, is he going to unlock the next level of his game? Like what you talked about earlier with Matthews unlocking something. I, I sure, I sure hope so. I don't know. Um, when you look at what's happening with injuries, specifically on defense with Muzzin, who's already dealing with something, and Lilligren, do you look at it and go, wow, Rasmus Sandin is such an idiot. He's sitting out. He's missing out all this time. There's spots available for him to be in the top four. He's missing valuable reps. He's missing camp. Or do you look at it and go, Rasmus Sandin just gained more leverage, and now he's got Dubas over a barrel because he's losing defensemen, and he's like, yeah, well, pay me, and I'll come back. Where are you on that? That's a tough one because I, I can see both sides. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty even argument. Like if I'm Dubis, it's like, whatever, man, if you want to stay in Sweden, go for you it. You played less than a hundred games. Yeah. yeah. You know what? We'll, we'll figure it out because ultimately over these last couple seasons, over this whole Dubis era, like Sandy really has done nothing for them. Like overall, he's played a couple regular season games. Doesn't look good. But at the same time, it's, some of these guys are going to get injured. Jake Muzzin gets injured twice a year, every year. Like they were considering him putting on LTIR last year to bring in a guy so they can go over the cap. Like that's the position that Jake Muzzin's in every single year. I saw, I saw somebody, um, a guy I follow on Twitter, Oak Leafs, great follow on Twitter, highly recommend. Make a joke. Once the news about Tavares came out, make a joke about um, Kucheroving John Tavares. For the whole season. It's too old for that. Yeah, yeah. The the problem is, you're right. The problem is, is he can't, skating is not his strong suit. John Tavares, if I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing John Tavares is 31 years old. I think he's a 90. I think he's a 91. Pretty sure you're right. So a 31-year-old hockey player. You know what? 32 years old. 32. Okay, so he's a 90, so I was close. Yep. Doesn't he seem like he's like 38? Yes. Like, to me, he's he, an old 32. He gives me like a 38 vibe. I want to be clear. It's like, it sounds like we're, we're dumping on Johnny here. We're not. I not, love. Yeah, I know. I, I love John Tavares, and I will always love him for what he did. 
coming back here and putting he's, on he's the a, sweater. He's a good hockey player, but I'm sorry if you if you love hockey and and you I know everyone sees hockey a different way, but I just I just can't see how someone who's such a big fan of the sport can watch him play every night and and not notice that other than his like amazing touch around the net, which is elite. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he, he, he can do things around the net that a lot of hockey players can't do, but it's just on a shift that, that doesn't always have an offensive opportunity and you're, and you're kind of going up and down the ice and there's rush chances. You, you can't tell me that he's, he's not a, a step behind and he, and he looked and you want more from him shift by shift when the pace starts to get pushed a little bit. Like I, that's just what I see. And I think you see it. And I think a lot of people see it too. And I think the people who don't acknowledge that are people who are like, and the, are those are the people who will throw the point of game in your face, yeah. which is like totally fair. I get it. He's a point of game hockey player. That, that, that's, that's true. It's just, if you love hockey and you watch the sport, there's no way you can tell me that he doesn't look like he's kind of, already on the back end of his career yes, in terms he's of definitely his foot on speed. the back end of his career yes. yeah like he can still produce like that, that's great but it's just like foot speed wise it's just is it is it gonna get better is it gonna stay the same or is it gonna get worse and especially now with an injury is it gonna come back and, it's, and he's gonna be way behind and i think hasn't this happened before with him too didn't he start a season later he had an injury and he came back and he and he and he looked like a step behind yeah he's i think he's it's I and to be honest, like I feel I feel badly for him. Like yeah, I feel awful for yeah, him. It yeah. sucks for him. Yeah. It sucks for him because he like there's no one who wants to come out and play better and give people the finger, even though he's not that type of guy, but like deep down inside, I'm sure there's a competitive fire of him showing everybody that he's worth this contract and he contribute to this team, be a top player. So not in, in that respect, like I, I feel awful for the guy. Yeah. It's not an ideal situation at all. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, do you want to touch on the goalies quick before we get out of here? I mean, like we've seen uh, a period and a half of Samsonov, and we've seen two periods of there Matt Murray. Is nothing that means less than a goaltender's performance in the preseason. I will hold on. I will challenge just one part of that. I do think it was important, specifically in this game here that just ended, that Matt Murray come out. And have good vibes. That's that's it. Like I, if Matt Murray came out and the Habs like shelled him for three, four goals, I think, dude, the narrative tomorrow in this city would be like, oh my god, Kyle Dubas got Matt Murray and he stunk in the preseason and blah blah. blah. So yes, while I'm with you, let's not put too much weight into a preseason performance. It's less about the performance and more about the vibes. When it comes to Matt Murray specifically, I think Matt Murray, if you look at these two goalies, there's a lot of people who are looking at them and, and going like, they're waiting for Matt Murray to stink. Yeah. And they're waiting for Ilya Samsonov to take the net. I think Samsonov has way more leeway with the fan base and with the media than Matt Murray does. I think the first game that Matt Murray gets shelled for four or five goals, it's going to be, yep, Kyle Dubas. This was the Kyle Dubas guy that he that he brought in, and he stinks. It's over. No, I think I, I think I think that's a very fair point. I think you're right on point with that. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. I, and and I also agree with the with the good vibes thing. But you know where the good vibes end? Exactly what you just said. You, you go game one of the regular season and you suck. Yeah, but do, you know what? Baby steps, man. This is one game at a time for him. And like, this is a guy who 
is like he did not have a good tenure in Ottawa. He battled a lot of injuries. Terrible. He, yeah, terrible it was terrible. It was there, not man. good. He when when the Leafs acquired him, it was not met with positive fanfare at all. People were like, "What? This is this is your like your job's on the line, Kyle, and these are the two guys you're going with." And I'd like to toot yours and my horn because we have sat here since they made that deal and said, I don't see how Matt Murray is any different from going with Jack Campbell as your starting no, goaltender. I don't, I don't see any so, difference. So, honestly, I'm I'm really pulling for the guy. I, I, yeah, me too. Yeah, I would love for Matt Murray to play well and become their bona fide starter and just tell everyone. And me as a, as a Leaf fan, too, I always give... I always give a little leeway to the goaltenders. Like I thought Peter Morazic didn't get much of a chance to be honest with you, oh, but Jesus, he he was I, awful. I did but not give that guy. But I was way. somebody who always had Freddie Anderson's back when he was struggling and always tried to see like a good side of him for some reason. And I feel like if Matt Murray goes out and he sucks game 1, then I'm not I'm not I'm not going to throw him out game 1. No, you're not. Like you got you need a sample size from these guys. This is a fresh new start for this guy. It's not like he's a nobody. He has a reputation. I mean, sometimes living off an old reputation isn't the best, but it's, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And I think, I think you just, it's, we're going to have to have some patience with the whole goaltending situation because we have no idea what's going to happen. No idea. Before we get out of here, I just, I just want to show you this photo. This photo of Torts from Flyers camp. <laughs> Some guy just KO'd on the ice. Yeah. So to your yeah. to your point, yeah, exactly. Yelling. Oh, yell that uh, be more effing physical. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How's how's Calgary doing with Daryl Sutter right now? <laughs> Dying. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Like. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah. And I love how Torts just comes into Philly and like his first like media availability, he's like, This dressing room's a disaster. <laughs> we could this city could be so soft sometimes, I know, I man. Know, I know, I know. This city is so soft. Like I think Mike like Mike Babcock, for example, like went about it the wrong way. And and I thought he was kinda like Mike Babcock was kind of like malicious. Well, no, like Babcock's of, problem was he was so arrogant. Yeah, I know. He's like, so that arrogant. That was his but problem. Like, but it's like those, like, like sitting Jason Spezza for yeah, that game. Like yeah. to me, that was just like almost malicious. Yes. And then there's that whole like You're classic, an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what is fucking, what is savage, man? Like, <laughs> and, and like the whole drama of him in Detroit where like Madano's on like his like, 1499th game and it's like the last game of the season and he's and he benches them yeah i know and, they're, and like they're like like they're not in a position where they can win or lose a playoff spot it's like this guy is calculating yeah, he man. Is, like yeah, he's, he's a, he's a well, man he's out of the league but then you look at you look at torts and, and a guy like daryl sutter even though torts is kind of another level it's just like this, this guy's old school, man. Yeah, like yeah. he's old school, and he, he just these guys are having the camp of their lives right <laughs> yeah, now. Know, like they're gonna they're gonna dine out on this for the rest of their careers. Their first training camp in a flyer uniform with John Tortorella <laughs> getting smoked. This is the second time a team has had a cultural issue inside his dress their dressing room. The first time being Columbus Blue Jackets, and management has picked up the phone. 
and called John Tortorella. Hey, he, he one thing you could say about him as as a coach, like he fixes things quickly. Yes. It gets old quick, yes. but yes. But you want to come in and really like start <laughs> you want to put accountability on some dudes. Uh, bring this guy in. Yeah. Man. He's kind of lovable. Like I know he's kind of an idiot, but like he he's he's a really lovable guy. Oh, he's like the guy loves dogs. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Um he's he's, he's hilarious. All right, I think we're throwback. Gonna, we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna continue to grind through these episodes. Uh, we got one more preseason episode, um, so we'll grind through it, and then the real fun begins. Um, just want to say thank you to everyone who commented on our video and episode last week, and all the new people subscribe. We really appreciate it. Leave the feedback, even if you want to sign on and call us idiots. Go ahead; it's, it's all good. Um, so thank you for that. And if you are watching us for the first time and you haven't liked and subscribed, please do so now. Also do the same thing if you're listening to the audio version of the show. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We will see you guys next week. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.